All of our files are free and will remain free. If you like the show, you can show support by donating $1 to help with expenses. Just use the PayPal link on our website, YouTube channel, or Facebook page. Thanks. And we're back with Peter Lavender. Hello. The investigative researcher who's responsible for what may become the first disclosure ever of anomalous aerial phenomenon, otherwise known as UFOs. Now, this topic won't be complete uh, only with softball questions. So we're going to change gears even more than we did in the second part. So so are you ready for gloves off? <laughs> Anytime. Great. Oh, by the way, it is the time after Christmas. We call it Romule, but you don't have a word for it in English. Not really. I guess you say uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's or something. So yeah. have you had a nice... You know what we say in Norway? We don't say Christmas, actually. We, we say Yule. Sure. Good Yule, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the Christians say Yule. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Totally oblivious of the heathen tradition. But have you had a nice Yule uh, down in Florida? Oh, it's uh, probably nicer than in, up north. Um, <laughs> you know, 80, 85 degrees, uh, you know, Fahrenheit and warm and sunny and right. you know, no snow, no wind, no nothing. So, yeah, pretty nice. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, for us, that's equivalent to celebrating Christmas in Greece or something. So, yeah. Okay. So, Let's get our hands dirty. And I love the fact, like I said in part one, that neither of us are UFO freaks, <laughs> which I think makes uh, this fresh and unbiased. Because cause we're, we're not Johnny come laters either. I mean, we're both on top of the subject. Sure. Uh, we're just forced into this position of covering it now. Exactly. And you, you're such an all-arounder, anyway, because because you're you're kind of the perfect guest for us because we are not we're not just into conspiracy, we're also into spiritual stuff, Nazi stuff, mysteries, and esoteric stuff, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and that's what you're about. You're you're kind yep. of having an arm in all the directions we're ourselves exploring. So, yeah, yeah, I'm an octopus, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so are we? Okay. <laughs> By the way, I, I've been, I was criticized in one of our programs that I interrupted you too much. I'm really trying to hold my tongue here <laughs> let you speak. Is, is it working for you? Oh, it's, it's fine for me, but I mean, interrupt away. It's no problem. I will talk for hours without a break, without even knowing if someone's on the other end of the line. So don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a balance. Uh, you have to make your point before I, you know, hit you with a new, another one. So Sure. But yeah, let's do our best here. So before I, I, I confront you with the last questions I have on the agenda here, pretty critical questions actually surfaced from many of the critiques. I, I want to say, I, I want to ask you if there's, because I haven't read the book, is there something in part one that we should cover now that we're talking about it that we haven't? Wow. Um, it does cover a lot of ground. I mean, I'm not saying that to be cute. It's, it's, sure. It's something that I started with the with the um, the cargo cult concept, and really re- talking about the actual cargo cult, the way it started, yeah. the way we discovered it at the end of uh, World War II, and 
since then and using that as the template for what we go through. And I go through the various religions, but I also go very deeply into mystical practices that mirror these same ideas, like the uh, the Merkava mysticism of the, the Jewish Kabbalists, for instance, the idea of descending to the chariot and having these mystical experiences on seven planes related somewhat to the seven planets and going to the final, to the throne of God again. All of these ideas um, are talked about, but from different points of view, you know, I actually do bring up the French philosophers, for instance. I'll talk about Foucault in some, you know, relationship to this, um, mm -hmm. ideas about the body, you know, what really is it? If we don't understand what the body is, how will we understand what an alien body is? If we don't understand mm. the implications of our own, what are boundaries? What is... Uh, a body is kind of a spaceship, isn't it? It's a kind of a spaceship, right. It's it's a it's a machine for moving our consciousness from one place to another. Exactly, in the 3D world, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So all these ideas, these concepts are talked about in Secret Machines, in Gods. Um, Must be a very philosophical book, despite... Yeah, it is. I think it's why a lot of people sort of reacted against it for that reason. I think they were upset by it because they were hoping to read to see that I had a dead alien on a slab or something. And really what I was tr <laughs> trying to talk about was we need to look at what we've been told about the quote-unquote ancient aliens mm. for so long and then re-examine re that, reinterpret it because a lot of it is just wrong or a lot of it is mm. sort of wrong-headed in the approach. Simplifications. Oh, very simplified. And, and sometimes they've been debunked already. Certain claims they've made have already been debunked. And our approach is let's forget that. There are... Let's look at ancient aliens from a different perspective, mm. and let's let's see what the ancient people actually talked about when it came to their experiences, and stop talking about it like it's mythology, like it's a fairy tale they made up. The ancients spent a lot of time writing this stuff down. They didn't have smartphones, you know. They're etching cuneiform. They're into clay tablets to record this. This is important. Mm. The only other things they recorded were financial records. So that's how important. <laughs> The religious point. records were. They're, they're equally as mm. important as their banking accounts, right? right and that's right. all they wrote. They weren't sitting there making up stories for kids. This was something that was crucial, critical to their civilization. So let's give it the respect it deserves and stop talking about Myths happen after an event takes place. A myth is an attempt to explain something that actually took place. The myth doesn't come before the event. No. First there's the event. Then there's the myth. Yep. So what event is that myth, so-called, trying to explain? Let's go back to that, and let's see if there's some similarity to other civilizations recording similar experiences. And Secret Machines Gods is about that. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a, a new-agey kind of approach to the subject matter. It's let's look at this soberly, and let's look at what the ancient people have said. Like adults. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and connect dots and just try to find out what this is all about, setting up the stage for what comes next next in book two. Right. Good. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you sold me on the books, if not the entire project, at least the books. But I am inclined to, you know, I, honestly, I look at the project that DeLong has now, no matter what intentions different people involved has. Yeah. I look at it as a disclosure project uh, point three zero because first there was Greer stuff in in uh, was it two thousand and one or something like uh -huh. that. Then there's been this uh, secret space program movement growing up, and uh, now we have this point three, which is 
So it is kind of similar in many ways. Um, but some of the criticism that <clears throat> he has gotten is that, you know, you, you said that many people accuse him of, oh, he's only into it for the money and it's commercial. And, and you can't blame people basically for that because if you look at how other people, even Greer, with all respect for what he managed to do back then, even he has some very commercial aspects to this, notwithstanding all the quacks, right? All the yeah. bullshitters out there, con artists. So it is a big business. That In fact... It has been, because there's been no adult conversation about this, it has been suppressed to manifest in the entertainment world, in the entertainment industry. That's where it's flourished. So, and to this uh, Academy to the Stars thing, and um, I don't know if you know dark journalist Daniel List, he's the new uh, host for the Secret Space Programs uh, conferences. He took over from, from that Swedish fella. Yeah. And But he's been very critical. He's burnt already because of the Corey Good thing. But he was very early uh, scrutinizing DeLong. And uh, he pointed to that, for instance, this academy is based upon... Uh, it's a, a basically a movie and book film production company uh, more than a school. And, he, he's, and those people are all pretty critical too. But you've already explained that, that... There's so many Intel people here that they think it can be an Intel op. But let's disregard that. You have accounted for that. You have given good <laughs> explanations. I mean, if not them, who, right? Right. So back to the commercial aspect of it. Is it so that, because I, I don't blame someone for, I mean, you have to make a living. What are we supposed to expect, for instance, from you? If you don't make write books and, and you don't get money to buy your bread, you can't convey anything to us. Right. So I'm not, I'm not one of those who bashes something for that there's some money making involved. But of course, it all goes back to the prime motive and, and where the whole thing is going. So is this just another Gaia TV, another another cosmic disclosure kind of phenomenon that's being rolled out? Well, look at it this way. Tom DeLong does not need the money. Tom DeLong is wealthy many times over. Mm. Uh, he was, a, like I say, he was a rock star, mega platinum. He's very well uh, accounted for financially. He doesn't need the aggravation, basically. He's doing this because he loves it. He's doing this because he's been involved in researching UFOs for his entire life since he was like 20 years old or younger. So this is a, has been an obsession of his for a long time. So that's number one. To accuse that, say that Tom is doing this for the money is kind of silly. If you knew anything about Tom DeLong and his financial background in the one case and his fascination with UFOs in the other, you'll know this is just a, a pet project. Basically, where Thomas. I know. I know both of those things are correct. I know he's been uh, obsessed with it, and I know he's he's a wealthy man. So yeah, I uh, I back you on that point. Yeah, he's not doing this for to make himself rich. He doesn't need this. Um, so he's doing this because he really believes in it. Now about the money, where the money is concerned, I've been accused that I'm in this for the money. The only income I get from this entire project are the royalties and any books that I write. For Tom DeLong. That, that's, that's not much at all. No, that's it. Royalties today on books. Right. That's it. So it's Jeez. a labor of love for me as well. Okay. I don't own part of To The Stars Academy. I don't have shares in it, anything like that. I'm talking about it because I believe in this project and in the books that I'm writing for it. So that's it. So we're not here saying, oh, we're going to make a fortune on these gullible people you know, who love UFOs. What did we accomplish just now? 
You know, we mm. accomplished a disclosure event, which is so big, they're still talking about it among in all the UFO circles. They're violently debating it, but there it is. It's a fact. Mm. Um, so that's that's pretty good in my in my book. Now, is it primarily a movie making thing? No, it's not. That's one division of To the Stars Academy. Uh, we're going to be doing serious scientific work. There's going to be a television program, which is going to it's a non non scripted thing. They're going to be trying to update everybody on what um, developments have been made, what progress has been made in various areas. Mm. There'll be interviews with various of the people who work with the project. So we're going to be talking to people who know what they're talking about, uh, who have those kinds of academic credentials or whatever you want to call it, talking seriously about this material. So, um, yes, there's, there are, there's TV and movie projects involved in this. Um, there's other novels that are being written by, for instance, A.J. Hartley, who's doing uh, his those those novels, the Chasing Shadows books, mm. and there's me doing the the, the to the machines, uh, the to the stars rather, uh, Secret Machines books. So, from that aspect, that that's that's going on on one side. But if you read on the website the entire financial disclosure forms and everything else that is that it's there, you're going to see it's it's very different. It really is intended to be an educational project. So it's a transparent project. That's the word transparency they use a number of times. They want this to be completely transparent. That's very good because it has to be if it's going to have any cred among people. Because you know, we have to be we have to be skeptical. Fifty years, seventy years of sure disinfo, misinfo, and secrecy. It's going to take uh, you guys a long time to to earn the public's trust. But I think you're making a good case for it at least at this point. Well, we know it's going to take a while to earn the public's trust, but by the same token, we're not asking the people for anything. Right. We're not. We haven't created right. a cult. No. We're not saying believe in us. We're not saying make donations. You can buy sh- stock into the stars, but that's buying shares in the company. We're not asking for you to give us your money for something. We're not trying to create a a, a religious cult-like environment here. This is not what we're about. Tom definitely is not about it, neither am I or anybody else that I know involved with this. We're just simply out here trying to do a, as best the best job we can do with this kind of material. Um, so you can believe in us or not. I guess my advice is just sit back and enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah. If you see something you like, then you like it. Great. If you don't like it, turn the page and go someplace else. But we're going to keep doing what we're doing regardless. I, I think most people fall down on I mean, there will always be critics and, and, and fierce criticism and trolls and everything. But I think most sentient people can see that both you and uh, Tom has idealistic uh, intentions here. Of course, much of the heavy criticism is that it's an interlops and he's being played. He's like a useful idiot. Right. And I've been accused of the same thing. And, right. you know, Jimmy Church interviewed me not just a little while ago when this whole story broke. Mm-hmm. And he says people are accusing you of being, you know, a tool of the, the military industrial complex. And I say, well, if I'm a tool for disclosure, I'm, I'm a happy tool. <laughs> you know, I have no problem with that. You right. know? So it depends on the end result. If, if I'm being used and manipulated as a convenient way to get out the truth about this phenomenon, mm-hmm. I don't mind. What if it's a you know, spin? I, I'm I'm okay with it, huh? Okay, but what if it's a spin you're, you're being used for? Well, uh, of course, I'm just saying this, you know, in general terms. Sure. I might have objections if I'm being used to form to promote 
you know, a certain evil agenda, of course, I'm going to be upset about that. No. But if this is if, if this is just a medium for the the powers that be, whoever they are, mm. to get this information out to the public, well, that's fine. They need a medium to do it, and any medium they use would be suspect. True. So I think that Tom being the way he is, is this is, as you say, a very idealistic, very inspired, very energetic guy where this is concerned. He loves this stuff. Mm. And so that's where that comes from. And as for me, I'm loving it from my own perspective, you know, yep. which is we're finally getting somewhere and we're going to use this to change people's perspectives about reality and about government too, their relationship to government. Stop waiting for the government to disclose to you when you can actually do this on your own. Go out there and look up you know, mm. and see for yourself what this is all about. You don't have to wait for other people to do it for you. Um, study, read, go to school, learn from the academics uh, to start with. Learn about all these things that have this, this weird, mysterious component to them whether it's genetics or physics, um, biology, there's all these unknown mysteries buried in all of the sciences, mm -hmm. things for which they don't have answers yet. Uh, let's look at that. Let's see what, the, what, it, what that's all about. Study engineering. Build us the next flying saucer. Mm -hmm. you know, get us there. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what we're trying. We're trying to get people excited about, about the UFO phenomenon because it opens the door to so many other disciplines. And even in a more system critical and maybe even borderline paranoid scenario where they have all these things, we should still do the, those things you say because then it means that they are ready to roll it out to us even if they had it, right? Exactly. So, and, and we won't. That's what we've been demanding for 70 years. <laughs> they won't do it well, if we're not receptive of it. So, And, and what's, the, what's the alternative? Right. Is the alternative to turn our backs and say, and close our ears and say, we don't want to know, we don't want to hear it, we don't trust you? Mm. And then we are left with what? Mm. I understand the paranoia. Believe me, I write about conspiracies. That's all I've done. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I've interviewed Nazis you know, who've <laughs> held guns at me. Yeah. I understand paranoia, man, you know. Uh, and that was in the United States. You know? right. So <laughs> I understand this degree of paranoia. Believe me, I've been there, done that. Mm. But, but at a certain point, if the government is saying, I'm willing to show this to you and do it openly, none of that Richard Doty stuff, mm -hmm. no, no phony offices with fake documents, but here's the stuff, give it to the world. Well, I'm there for that. And if later they tell me some lie, I'll, I'll catch them on that as well. I'll call them on it. But right now, so far, we're okay. You know, everything that's happening, okay. So yeah, you will do that. You you pledge to air your frustrations if you think if you discover ethical stuff that goes. Oh, absolutely, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done this my whole life. That's why I write the books that I write. So I'm not going to suddenly become a shill no. for the establishment. No, but I want you. That's why I want you on record. Many people blame you for that already. So I want you on record for that. Well, if they blame me for that, they don't know me, they haven't read my books, and they haven't thought about this very deeply. Of course. You know, so, um, yeah, if they think that I'm out there to, I mean, what's my motivation, really? Right. No, if, no, I, I think I think uh, sentient beings understand no. that uh, worst case scenario you're being played. But sure. again, I agree with you. Uh, this is a game I want to be played on. <laughs> so Yeah, uh, why not? This is great stuff. <laughs> the New York Times is talking about UFOs. Yeah, and uh, you know what? It's so it's so huge. It's so huge that I think some of the underwhelming. I, I think it's like being in an accident. Uh, one reaction in an accident is that it doesn't dawn upon you what's happened yet. 
Right. I think we're in a in a in a kind of transition zone now where people they, they don't really understand. And I think it's a good thing because uh, if there's no drama, I think maybe the powers that be are encouraged to release a little more. Sure. Because the big excuse for them has been that we can't handle the truth. Right. And now uh, the truth is underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we can. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Don't underestimate the infancy of the masses. Sure. Well. Because one of the good things that will come out of, if they take the next step and the next step, we, we, we're not there yet, but if they're taking the next step and the next step, or not they, if we all do that, yeah. then, which is your point, then one good thing, and here's the petty part of me, is that I can go on social media and troll all the skeptics. <laughs> <laughs> I can just go to a skeptic group and just write <laughs> and link to something, right? right? That's a good thing. But here's a bad thing. Are you prepared? This, yeah. What I'm going to face you with now is probably the worst case scenario anyone can think. Mm-hmm. And I want you to comment on, on this too. Okay. Many people will, uh, some people, it's better to say, will say, okay, nothing good comes from these people. And if they are now actually taking steps to admit stuff, that's actually that's actually the last thing I want because that means there's some agenda. And the only agenda you can see in this paranoid modus, which isn't without merit to think this, is that they are ready to roll out a fake space invasion or something like that. Because now they've used up the, the rogue state scenario. They used up the terrorists. They used up, they're trying to go back to the Cold War and make a boogeyman out of Russia. But it just doesn't stick. So what else can we do to keep up and maintain our military-industrial complex? We need a good enemy. So enter the UFOs like even Werner von Braun predicted a long time ago. Mm-hmm. People, this is real. We don't know why it is. Wow, look at that. Oh, it's turning around. Wow, wow. Oh, we have to, oh, we have to prepare. We have to put more money into... We have to, in fact, we have to whitewash the 40 trillion we've already robbed. And now we need to get people voluntarily to put money into this. More weapons, more paranoia, more control. And it may even not even be anything else than their own little toys that they are using against us to get us on board with maintaining this old militaristic hostile paradigm. Have you thought about this? Oh, yeah, especially since people have been bringing it up and saying, oh, this is a false flag operation. This is getting us prepared for the alien invasion scenario, just exactly what you said. Um, You can take paranoia, I think, only so far. The problem with this whole scenario is that what if there are real UFOs and they are in the sky and they're not the enemy Mm. and they're not killing us, but they're there. What kind of disclosure would you expect to happen if the government came clean on that? Well, that's exactly what's happened so far. No one's come out and said they're attacking us. Mm. I would really love to see if they actually, if what you're saying is true, and this is part of an alien invasion scenario they're going to they're throw at us, um, I want to see the special effects. <laughs> yeah, I want to see them actually prove to us that we're being attacked by alien ships I want to see this because that's the only way they're going to sell it to the people that there's an invasion is if they can show an invasion. True. So how's that going to look? Are they are they going to attack some small town in Arizona or something? Or will there be really good film footage and 
or can we work that out on our on our desktops, you know, and just Photoshop the whole freaking thing? I, mean, I want to see what kind of special effects they're going to use because that is going to require a massive project. Oh, a massive. And of course, it would involve Hollywood because they're the only ones that would Lucas Films or mm. somebody who has the access to the the special effects that the world has never seen yet and put that thing together and convince everybody this is taking place. And then at the end of all of that, what's the benefit? What are they going to get out of us they haven't already taken? Covertly, yeah. Mm. They've taken everything covertly, right? Mm. They've taken pretty much everything. There's not much else left to give. No. You know, so what else can we possibly how are they going to benefit? Plus it's so risky. It's so risky because people don't protest almost anything. But yeah. if someone tried something like that, it would be a global backlash. People would run them down in the streets. Absolutely. Of course, of course it would. It would be it would be a, hor a terrible flop if it failed, and it's so many potentials to fail. Oh yeah, it's it's got so many flaws in that that argument that if you could you could talk about terrorists, you know, as we have in this country ad nauseum, and you can try to say they're from this country or that country, they do this, they do that, and you get one incident of some somebody blowing something up, and that's all the justification they need. With an alien invasion? Yeah, can't you can't you transfer that to aliens too? Aliens come and beam, zoom, bam, kill some uh, on nightly news. <laughs> they beam, uh, uh, I don't know, the Italian parliament or something. And then, I mean, it is equivalent. And what's our reaction? How, what does the president, God forbid, come out and say in a situation like that? <laughs> right? Especially this one. <laughs> Especially this one. Does he come out and say, we've been attacked by Martians. We are now going to go and bomb Mars. Right? What is the appropriate right. response to being attacked by an alien? Uh, that's true. They'd be fucked. Where do you find them? Yeah. You know? Yep, yep, yep. Where's yep. their fortress of solitude? I mean, where do we go you know, to get them? I mean, there's too <laughs> many problems with the scenario. Maybe there... I, I can see a scenario back to the, the 30s, right? They're among us. We have to find aliens among us. We have to start... Oh, that, into, yeah, that might be cool. That's, that's scary. Or they're in a cave in Afghanistan. They're in a cave in Afghanistan. <laughs> that could be the other scenario. <laughs> That's probably true. Oh, Iraq, I would say. <laughs> Syria or Iraq. Who do we who do we want to invade? No, I, I've I've lost track. Is it Syria or is it where? Well, but I'm thinking I'm thinking Syria. Korea. They're in North Korea. The aliens have taken over North Korea. Yeah, no, no. I'm thinking. That's it. Yeah, but Sumeria, man, Sumeria. That's where Sumeria. it's right. Yeah. So no, but you're right. You're right. It that scenario it has so is so risky for them, and it's so many flaws. And I, I I doubt they could pull it off. At least at this point, at least they need to channel this disclosure into a specific direction yes we haven't seen that yet exactly we've only seen step step one which is now it's so open it's so totally open that it can go anywhere from here yeah actually so so per today any rational being would not already uh, reject the whole thing but they would not buy into the whole thing either yet they would be on the fence they would be interested they would talk about it they would Uh, encourage what your guys are doing and others to investigate, uh, discourse, find out. That's the best approach we can take right now. Right. And so when the open-minded, it's the one we we support and applaud. We don't want people to buy into anything and take it at face value, a hundred percent, because we ourselves are are still struggling with this information. We're still trying to put it in a way that we can understand it and 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 uh, and communicate it. So points of view are more. More than welcome. Um, we're not asking anybody to to drink the Kool Aid here. There's no Kool Aid. 
we're out. We're out. <laughs> mm. So all we're going to do is say, you know, we have our books. We have our, our other projects that we're doing. We're releasing information as we get it. These people who have been talking will be made available to talk in other fora, maybe television shows and stuff. They've already been talking. Chris Mellon's been on TV. Luis Elizondo's been on TV. They've all been starting to talk about this. So we're making this available. It, they're there. They're talking about it. And it's up to you to decide if this is valuable to you, if this makes any sense to you, if you want to keep talking about it. It's it's open season. We don't own this information, right? It's just coming out. We're helping to facilitate mm. it. and. And that you know that's that's as much as we can expect to accomplish. Past that, it's whatever whatever falls out from it. Perhaps somebody comes along uh, in a week or a month or a year and starts picking apart the videos or pick or some of the documents we release or or something. That's fine. Mm. We will defend what we can defend mm. to the best of our ability to do so. But we're not doing anything to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. This this field is full of that. If we wanted to, we could have, mm. right? If we were these disreputable people, right. Tom has enough funding behind him and all the rest, we could have made some outrageous thing. Mm. And we could have done some weird videos and done some strange stuff and promoted the alien insect theory or something. Uh, any of this mm. was possible and probably made a lot of money at it. Mm. But we're not, Good point. we're not interested in doing that. There's a lot of stuff we could have done had we been of that mind to do it. Uh, that we just no, we're not. You know, this is what we want to do. We want to get as close to whatever the truth is as possible. And if there's any documents hiding in the Pentagon or someplace, we want to see them. Any videos, let's release them. Let's talk about this. Let's show it to people who could analyze it as not part of the government. People who are engineers or scientists who can take apart the videos, take apart the documentation, analyze it, and come back. This is great stuff. This is what we're here for. Hmm. Yeah, you, you keep saying government, but don't forget the private industry is big time involved too. Oh, yeah. Well, like we have Lockheed, the guy from Lockheed with us, and we're looking, we're talking to other people too. Oh, you do? You even have people from the, the, that industry? Wow. Oh, the former head of the guy who was developing those those secret weapons out at Skunk Works. He's part of To the Stars. Jeez. Wow. Okay. Then I will expect more good stuff to come out because I was kind of thinking one possible scenario is that because of the blow that happened with, for instance, um, Rogan and uh, then the yeah. complete uh, uh, WikiLeaks uh, incident and all that, that right. they were now cutting off. Okay, those people, you off. Now you you go over to to DeLong to the academy, but then they're cut off. They can't get anything else from from uh, the inside sources. But you know what? I'm now thinking that doesn't matter because. Obviously, uh, there is still a clearance from there since sure. uh, they got they got the CIA newspapers on board. So, so there is uh, actually sympathy among those who haven't come out as whistleblowers either. There is a, a, a goodwill. I don't know if goodwill is the word, but there is a willingness to to. Like I say, I think maybe we are seeing that they're putting the big toe in the water to test the waters, so to speak. Well, it could be, and. Mm. Um, uh, what was I going to say is that the the work that everybody is doing is it's in their heads. If no other whistleblowers come out, let's look at it this way. Let's just start with what we have and say that's it. Mm. The people that we have on board have tremendous um, stuff in their in their brains, things that they've been working on, things that they've seen, things they understand, things mm. that they can bring to the table 
because of their unique perspective and all of this without breaking security protocols or anything else. They are people who can lead you in the right direction. They can, they can answer questions uh, intelligently. And if they can't discuss something, they'll say they can't discuss it, which in itself is a kind of knowledge that we get. Okay, this part is off limits. So if, if nobody gets cut off, we have guys who are so deeply inside who are coming out and working with us that they're bringing their expertise to the table. And that's also very valuable. Hmm. And then, why, yeah. why is he called an academy? Well, because he's going in that direction. Tom wants to create an educational institution. He wants this to be a place where educators can come together with, uh, with students, with people from all walks of life and to share information on all of this uh, on different... So different not just a think tank, but also interacting with the, with the broader public. Right. It's going to be a kind of reinterpretation, I think, of what we think of as an academy because probably a lot of this is going to be online. Mm. And there's also going to be a lot of um, interactive components to this, according to what Tom and, and I have discussed and what I've heard from Tom, is that we're talking about a lot of interactive stuff, media that, that is concerned with this as well, so that every individual person can feel they're actually part of what's going on, contributing to it, and also getting the benefits from it, from learning about where all of this is going. So it's an academy in that sense. It's going to be educational, but it's also going to be more 21st century than 20th century in terms of academy. Mm. So, so what uh, websites um, are out there now connected to this? Yeah, the one that people should look at if they're really interested in this, and let me see if I can call it up to get the exact wording. Um, it's the To the Stars Academy. Uh, I think it's To the Stars AAS, yeah. I guess I can just Google it. Let me see if that works. It's taking a while. So I have another question while it's loading. Okay. You mentioned in part one a document that you had or something that I didn't quite catch what that was about. You were showing a document to the Intel people or you and Tom? Were you maybe referring to your book or? Oh, no, that was the, that yes, that was the the prologue to Secret Machines Gods. If you look at the, if the book, Secret Machines Gods, the prologue, right after Jacques Vallée's uh, forward, there is a prologue. That prologue was a document created uh, independently of the book. That was the first chapter, you might say, of the book. And okay. when I sent that to Tom, he was very enthusiastic about it and then started showing it to the people who were advising us. Right. Um, just circulated amongst all of them, about 10 different people, I suppose. And they all came back with tremendous approval of that document. And they helped. they started opening doors so that Tom could talk to these people at NASA or these people over here at the Air Force or wherever, doors began to open because they they saw that we were not taking some kind of ancient aliens approach. We weren't we weren't taking a uh, a new agey kind of uh, Space mm. Brothers approach either. We were this was a very sort of practical and pragmatic approach, but it was also kind of unique by saying all of right. human history is basically a cargo cult. They for some reason they respond to that very positively there were, maybe they actually learned something from it <laughs> oh i don't know maybe <laughs> oh here's the but, but uh, yeah. here's the website yeah. uh if you want that for your your people it's to the stars academy if you google to the stars academy you'll be led right to that website but it's https if you're going to use the secure one it's the dash dash it's dpo dot to the stars academy dot com and it's got DPO. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but it's there. Okay. And it's you have the video that uh, the the footage that you've seen in all the stations. You've also going to see a lot of other stuff, the other projects that are 
involved, plus a list of people who are involved called the team. If you click on the team, you're going to see the team. You're going to see a lot of different people who are involved with us, uh, starting with Tom, Jim Semivan, Hal Putoff, Steve Justice, who was the aerospace division director at Skunk Works. Uh, he's the director of the academy, the aerospace division. Right. Luis Elizondo, who everybody knows by now, Chris Mellon. Gary Nolan is involved, genetics technologies consultant. We have Paul Rapp on brain function and consciousness. We have Norm Kahn, Dr. Norm Kahn, National Security Program Management. We have Colm Kelleher, the biotech consultant. We have Adele Gilpin, biomedical research. So we've got a lot of people in the sciences who are involved. It's not just the military, industrial people. No. Why haven't he, I mean, he, he should totally approach either Catherine Fitz or that professor. Let me see, what's his name again? Um, he was interviewed in RT and many other places. I mean, the money side, but I guess maybe if he involves those people, he will lose the insiders because they're not ready to admit the missing money. Well, yeah, plus, I, I don't know, Catherine Fitz has been a lot on Dark Journalist, and Dark Journalist has been very uh, dismissive of the yeah, project, so it may be that, that that's just going to be too, a bridge too far at this point, since there's a bias. Do Dr. Mark Skidmore, sorry, Dr. Mark, Mark Skidmore. Skidmore is the guy, yeah, and, that's the guy I was referring to. He's, yeah, that does sound familiar. I think that may have come up in something. But, uh, yeah, Skid, okay, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, he's a big time, uh, he's a tenured that's probably why he, he has the balls to do this. He's a tenured professor who has now verified with all his graduate students that 40 trillions is missing from the U.S. agencies since 1998. So that's just the beginning of it. Uh, and I mean, it has to go into... But I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that this necessarily explains the UFOs because the UFOs right. has been there since time immemorial. Right. But that it's, they have more. Let's, say, let's put it like this. They have $40 trillion of toys or, or, or developments in their books that they are not ready to share with us yet. They've shared like what... A uh, million dollar of it mm -hmm. so far. Right. So I'm expecting to see more if they really want to integrate society, our con collective consciousness with the breakaway or with the, at least the insider perspective. They have a lot of steps to go, but let's see. I'm open. Let's see where this leads. I'm, I'm totally open to this going everywhere, which is kind of exciting. I, I, I kind of almost prefer this uh -huh. state of anything can happen. <laughs> sure, why not? I mean, like I say, there's no, there's no mythology behind this. There's no ideology we're pushing. We're just saying, hey, look at this stuff. No. That's really cool. You know? so. Yeah. And, and it is impressive that you got them on board by showing them. This means you were actually involved before you were taking into the um, yeah. warmth, so to speak. Right. So you see in this process? Tom had one or two contacts he was working on and not really mm. getting very far, the way I understand it, the way he described it to me. But when he showed them the, the prologue, which we're calling our mission statement, basically, when uh, when they saw that, suddenly the, the, the barriers fell down. So You you were involved in, in developing that? I wrote it, yeah. Wow, then he should be kind of grateful to you. 
Well, you've been an uh, essential part of this process. Well, he's never denied that. I am an essential part. This, this is this is something that we've been working for, like I say, for my part since 2015. So it's only been two years. But yeah, I remember you. Yeah, you mentioned it very early. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but you weren't really talking about it back then, right? And always having to say, well, I can't really discuss this, or this is a secret, or. Yep. But now yep. it's kind of now I don't have to worry about that so much as I had to before. Hmm. And I, I also know that uh, Tom uh, reached out to other people too. I don't know if yeah. he did with Dolan, but he did try Pharrell. But of course, yeah. Pharrell isn't too fond of Podesta, neither am I for that sake. But um, he <laughs> kind of was spooked. He was very skeptical. Um, so. Well, people have fallen for a lot of the stuff about Podesta, which I find just crazy i mean if you take away all of the the weird stuff no 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 <laughs> for, forget the even forget the pedophile stuff yeah even forget that weird stuff mm-hmm. he has been directly involved in rigging the primaries there's no getting away from that and i'm not saying he has to be a saint to be sincerely interested in ufos right, right. i mean he's a human being like you and me sure. and and who who can bear scrutiny but i've never been in a position like him where i have done something like that that's the difference Right. He has, so we know he's compromised when it comes to ethics. Maybe he tells himself, oh, I did it for the right reasons. I, I wanted to do the right thing. Whatever. Maybe he's better. Maybe he's he's more sincere when it comes to UFOs. But he is tainted from his own actions. There's no getting away from that. I'm not blaming Tom. I'm definitely not blaming you. But Podesta is a liability, man. Come on. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to talk about sorry to put you on the spot, but for, you know that's my opinion. When when I heard about all of this stuff and I was I was reading all of it, you know, my first reaction was, well, I have never seen. I mean, I've been involved peripherally, politically, every once in a while, right? Yeah. And I've never seen any political campaign that was run um, oh, yeah, ethically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no such thing. It's politics, right? It's sausage making. You know, you don't want to see how the sausage is made. And it's dirty <laughs> business. It always has been, no matter which party, yep. you know, no matter which candidate. And they've all been dirty. I mean, I'm a, I'm a great fan of, of Jack Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy, but they did a lot of dirty stuff in their time, you know. They rigged it themselves, I know. Yeah, I mean, at what point? <laughs> you could say a plague on both your houses and walk away from it, or you could become involved and engaged in some way and try to force this thing to work in a way that's ethical. But it requires everybody's participation to do that. When people don't participate, it goes off the rails because mm-hmm. anything then is possible. And that, that's politics. It's dirty, and anybody who actually wants to become president of the United States is going to have to be morally compromised. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no way out. No way out. But uh, you're still in touch. You're in regular touch with Tom, right? With Tom? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Now, I recommend that you say to him that, you know, if it's possible to bypass Podesta somehow, because he is so unpopular among so many people that he will just be a liability to the whole project. I don't know if it's possible and I don't know if he deserves it, uh, at least not according to Tom's perspective. But I'm I'm telling you, if you want to taint that project unnecessarily, involve him. (laughs) No, but but everybody's making a big deal. But we I haven't seen... Podesta since 2015. Oh, and when okay. the WikiLeaks happened, that pretty much was the end right there. Right. So we have not been in contact. As far as I know, Tom hasn't either. No one's talked to Podesta in all this time. He has ah. tweeted He has tweeted when, this, when the disclosure happened uh, a week or so ago. He you know, tweeted stories about it on his, on his Twitter feed. Uh, sure, I would expect that. Yes, yes. But that's about it. 
there's been no contact. There's been no communications. I haven't okay. spoken with them. I haven't seen them. I haven't sent an email, gotten an email, nothing. So Podesta Okay, because many people seem to think he's some kind of spider in this, but but he's not. No, 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 no. no. We, t- we talked to Podesta for one specific reason. He was always identified with UFOs. Yep. He was then chairman of Hillary's campaign. So we wanted to know, okay, is Hillary going to come out and, and declassify the UFO documents? How is this going to happen? Because she did. T- t- she, she spoke about UAP. I think that's his she spoke, doing. She did. U- to UAP. Yes, he did. Mm. Uh, she did. Mm. And yes, that was everybody knew Podesta was doing this way. We knew Hillary would probably have worked to declassify a lot of UFO material. Um, but we talked to Podesta, and he was very clear on this whole subject. He says it's, the U.S. government is a, is a different kind of animal than, for instance, the governments in Europe, where they can declassify stuff kind of willy-nilly if they want to, or they can come out strongly <laughs> in favor of one, mm. the UFO or not. You know, there's been a lot of public acceptance, mm. more in Europe than in the United States. But yep. here, he says, it's got to be different. Number one, declassification is an animal. It's a beast. People classify things just to make sure they get read. You're going to read a document that's marked classified. You're not going to read one marked declassified. It sounds boring, right? Good point. Yeah. So people will abuse the classification process. That's one issue. The other issue is there is no one person anywhere in the U.S. government, in the Pentagon, State Department, any place else, that's in charge of all the UFO material. There is no one department. It's a huge bureaucracy. It's a huge right? bureaucracy. Yeah. So mm. even the president, the president can get anything the president wants. And the president can say to his chief of staff, go to the Pentagon and get me all their UFO material. The problem is the Pentagon itself doesn't know where all that UFO material is, right? It's right. going to be buried in different departments. It's going to be stuff that was buried because they didn't want to implicate their fellow pilots or whatever, or they didn't want to affect his, his advancement, his promotions. Uh, there's, there's going to be reports buried here, buried there. There's going to be stuff all over the place. He said, you have to know what you're asking for specifically and ask for it if you're president, and you'll get it. But if it's an open-ended, vague right. kind of thing, it's going to be really hard to respond to that. And the bureaucracy protects itself, right? Sure. It's illegal to, to tell to the president, no, we're not going to give you this information. Mm. But by the same token, he's got to be very specific as to what he wants, or they have a loophole for not giving it to him. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So he explained all this. You know, it was very good because that gave us the understanding that we needed to go back inside and talk to people and try to find out how this thing worked. And where well, Podesta admitted this thing you just said now? That was from Podesta? Oh, absolutely, yes. And that's no, because it makes totally sense. It's not a mystery. Catherine Fitz, Catherine Fitz had the same experience when it came to money and budget. Yeah. There's no one big box, you know, where all that stuff is. You can go to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and demand to see their UFO material. You know, it's like, where? Tell us exactly what department. Yeah, what do you mean? What do you what, mean? What, yeah. What do, yeah, yeah. Mm. They don't have a box that's labeled UFO. It's, they'll have anomalous videos maybe in one place anomalous anomalous uh, materials in another or or whatever i mean there's going to be stuff scattered all over the place because yes. there's no official ufo division right and especially i think in private industry maybe that's also why they're ready to disclose because uh, much of the hot stuff is now privatized and off yep. government hands but you 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 were kind of jumping a little too fast uh, <clears throat> past one potential thing and that is that even though all you said there is how it works, there are still possibilities that there are black groups that have gone rogue. Uh, 
So they're not officially a part of the president can't get to them because they are treasoners, basically. They have networks where they, and, and I won't even go so far as to talk about majestic. I'm just saying networks or black projects within, they're so hot, uh, hidden in, in layer after layer after layer. You see what I mean? Deep state kind of thing. Sure. But, but you have to understand, you have to understand also how, how government works and the military too. That can only work for short periods of time. Everybody gets promoted. Everybody gets transferred. Everybody is subject to somebody else. To develop right. a black operation requires a lot of cooperation all the way up and down the line. And once you have that degree, it's not going to be black anymore. It's going to be kind of gray. Someone's going to be able to follow the money. Right? Mm. One of Chris Mellon's jobs was following the money mm. to finding out where things were and how things happened that way and who, what, what projects were being funded and that sort of thing. It's, it's hard to do what you're saying on a consistent basis decade after decade after decade. I mean, you have to then pass the keys on to the next generation, right? Mm. It's, it's the X-Files idea. Or, or destroy the evidence that happened in 2001. Or destroy the evidence. You can have the X-Files scenario you know, where there's the cabal within the, the government that is yeah. in charge of this. But then you'll see always the same people. It's always the cigarette smoking man, right? I mean, if he's gone, that whole cabal falls apart. He's the guy who held it together, who made the hard decisions, who tried to borrow the money, bury the money, hide the money, kill off the opponents and all the stuff. Yeah, I don't think it's one powerful guy. There isn't. In reality, no. Exactly. So once you have more than when you can keep, Three people can keep a secret if two are dead, and that's really what you have. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, why would a government employee take an oath to protect this black budget unless there was something mm. in it for him, right, or her? What if there – what was what, – what is it? Yeah, what motivates it? Yeah, sorry. Plus – Plus, they are going back and forth. Uh, now I'm a leading politician. Now I'm head of yeah. bureaucracy. Now I'm a head of a private corporation. So it is a class of people moving about. Like you say, it's not just a draft uh, going through the uh, official state, but it's also to private yeah. and it's also to all powerful institutions. Sure. It's the same kind of people moving around. Yeah. So most of them would have to be in on it, or at least many of them would have to be in on it if they were going keep it up under wraps. And this would mean they could be, and they could keep these relationships outside in the private sector as well. But the secrets they're going to be hiding are going to be pretty manageable secrets to hide. They're not going to mm. be secrets that involve 10,000 people working on a, a secret government project, right? You mm. can't hide 10,000 employees in the U.S. government. It's really hard to do that because of how they get paid. Just simply the fact of where do we mail the checks? They had that problem. Oh, well, miss missing trillions. Well, I don't know about that. I'd have to go and look at that and see where those missing trillions, what's that based on? But I'll give you an example, Area 51, right? Mm -hmm. Area 51 was black. Nobody was supposed to know it existed. But people did work yeah. there. So yeah. how did they get paid? And Manhattan Project. And Manhattan Project. Same there. Well, Manhattan was under time of war, mm -hmm. the government could do anything. They could clamp down secrecy like, like a lid very tightly. Yeah. But in more or less peacetime like we are now, it's really hard to do. So Area 51 was supposedly black, and it was, but people did work there. They, they got checks, right? They were paid salaries. So they were paid through front organizations. The people who flew the planes out of Area 51, the spy planes, the U-2s, were CIA pilots, right? Mm -hmm. So they were flown to go to work from California aboard private planes, flown into Area 51, then flown back out again, oh, wow. like at the end of the week. Mm -hmm. And their, their relatives never knew where they were going or what they were doing. 
So they were the, that's the level of secrecy you have to maintain. Mm. And that was okay for Area 51 out in the middle of the desert. But to do that on the scale that people talk about where the UFO project is concerned, like we're building all these secret weapons somewhere and doing all this stuff, that leaves a trail. You can have front companies, you can have paper shell companies and all of that, but eventually it, it leaves a trail. And eventually um, people get moved around, people die. People leave documents in their homes or in their cars or whatever. Look what happened mm. to Bob Lazar, you know. Or change of heart. Or change of heart. And the change of heart's the big one. Mm. So Especially especially when they're about to die. And look what happened though. Look what did we have? We had people like Luis Elizondo leaving the government specifically for this reason and coming out and saying, Okay, enough is enough. Mm. Right? And we have Chris Mellon coming out and saying, yeah, I'm on board too. And all these other people who came on board. So there is a time when that happens. Oh, I'm so torn. I'm so torn between kudosing them big time. Right. And, and, being, and then being suspicious. Yeah, right. Yep, yep. But that's, that goes for the whole phenomenon. Exactly. That's just in, in line. With that's the, the whole phenomenon. thing. That's <laughs> the nature of the beast, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If I ever get a drone, I'll send it down to Antarctica immediately. There you and go. then to Lockheed Martin's project. There you go. I think that will give you me some. But you know what? Uh, I, I think I squeezed you as much as uh, is fair at this point. Okay. I'm as expecting uh, there will be developments in the future where we have more to talk about this. Sure, there will be. But meanwhile, I hope to get you back uh, sometime this year to finish our Nazi gore. Sure. Let's try that. Yep. So it was such an interest. I think we touched most bases that's possible, uh, not necessarily in the depth it deserves, but at least we made people aware of all these aspects. That, And you've gotten to clear up some of uh, fair criticism and some of the unfair criticism. Do you agree with that? I think so, sure. I, and like I say, the criticism is not, not a problem. No. The unfair criticism is a little annoying, <laughs> but the fair criticism... <laughs> but that's unavoidable. That comes with the territory. It's unavoidable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, absolutely. <laughs> and as far as money and black budgets and stuff, we, we none of us know enough about that you know, to really come down and say, well, yeah, they spent this much money on this project or something. So there's a lot of skepticism where that's concerned, look, obviously. Look, look into that. Look into that. You yeah. need to... If nothing else, to be able to, to, you know, account for that as a part of the big puzzle. So I can send you links for that, too, if you like. Yes. I, I'm definitely going to send you a link to the NASA Please UFOs. Do. You, need, you need to enjoy that. That's one of the things that opened my eyes, just so you know, in... in, in um, because I, I was, like I said, kind of interested at a childish level when I was young. Yeah. Then 15 years, no interest. And then I was confronted both with Stephen Greer's Disclosure Project, all those insiders. And then I saw all these all this footage uh, where this NASA footage is one of them. So I'll send you that. And we'll, we'll keep in touch. And we'll see how this very exciting thing turns out. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So thanks, thanks a lot for coming on again, Peter. Oh, you're, you're quite, quite welcome. welcome. And enjoy, enjoy New Year's, Year's Eve, Eve and all that stuff down there in that paradise. Yeah. yeah. In. And you and try to stay warm, warm up there, there. In, that, <laughs> in the frozen <laughs> north. Rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> Later, now. Okay, okay. Bye, bye, bye. Thanks again to Peter for coming on and basically just taking on any question heads on. So who says you can't discuss hard questions in a cordial tone? <laughs> I'm going to give you now my judgment call for what it's worth. I mean, 
you make up your mind, I'll make up mine. But I'm I'm the one with this mic. So after having reflected upon this, and uh, after having aired my concerns and, and, and potential objections with uh, Peter, I'm going to go through this rationally and come to some sort of conclusion. But first I want to say the poor audio quality was not due to our making like editing or anything it was a faulty line oh, oh of course it was the aliens beaming the line now a couple of practical things and i have to i have to keep nagging about this because not everybody listens to every of our shows but uh, most of you have by now registered what's popularly referred to as youtube gate and the adpocalypse and it has struck us Eventually, nobody can get away from from the censorship and the corporate takeover. And short version is that the dying mainstream media have a ploy to survive the fact that the platforms are drowning like TV and newspapers. So they are going to take over YouTube because it's the most popular. It's the largest online platform out there. And they, you know, they are leeches. They are parasites. They can't create. So the corporate media can only hijack, like corporations do, it's in the nature of corporacy. They can hijack whatever is out there, which is floating, uh, and try to feed on that as much as they can. But it's, it's very full, uh, and the plan is to take over and, and launch all the mainstream media there, everything, not just like CNN, anything, MSNBC, Fox, uh, abroad too, BBC, you name it. But of course it will fail, because the fact that you're listening to me rant now, and not to their spin, has nothing to do with the platform, it has to do with the contents. When you listen to me, you know I'm keeping it real. You know you're getting a free, independent voice. Whereas when you tune into the corporate media, you know you're getting the oligarch Kool-Aid. So it won't work, but what they will manage to do is ruin YouTube. I mean, YouTube was fine until Google took over. So the only way is down from there. And But we'll keep keep at it as long as it's possible. But already now we're seeing trouble. And you know, they're not all powerful. They are dependent on you, the users, the listeners. So you can battle this to some degree. For instance, you can help us become more visible. You can help us get our counts up. First off, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. That's the most essential thing. The more subscribers we have, the more power we have in within the YouTube system. And, and a lot of connotations from there that I'll not bore you with now. Second, if you click the bell, then you can stay updated. If you just subscribe, that's not enough anymore. It may be, but it's not a guarantee. For for some, it is clicked without they maybe even knowing. But if the bell is not marked that you get all our updates, then you won't get it. So go check it. The bell I'm talking about is next to, I think actually it's even going to be next to this video under the title. But it's definitely in a landing page up on the right corner. I'm speaking from our desktop view now. Because I hate using YouTube through mobile and, and pads and all that. Uh, there are bells there too. I'm not exactly sure where it's placed, but it's not rocket science. You'll see it. It's it's next to the subscribe button anyway. So please, please mark the bell. 
And if you really want to support us, if if you've listened to two or more shows, you know you're going to come back. (laughs) But if there's going to be anything to get back to, we need your help. It's more important for us right now to get more audience than it is, for instance, to get donations or even um, helpers. I mean, donations are crucial and helpers are essential. Otherwise, we'll what, you'll get a show every second month? But we were actually considering, we actually decided to, to close down the forum. Uh, was it this year or was it late 2016? I don't remember, but we barely didn't do it. But we can't keep doing this, you know, without it being viable. Because uh, I'm not financed by the corporacy. I, I have a life. My time is precious, like everything else. And it's not just a matter of, of existence. It's also a matter of improvement. So if you want us to get the right guests and the big names too, we need you behind us. Because not everybody is like, let's say, Joseph Farrell. He's very generous, idealistic. He gives us of his time, although he doesn't have to. But not everybody plays by, by those uh, principles. Some are bogged down with requests and prioritize the big outlets. So, sure, you can you can get those guests from, let's say, Coast to Coast or Jimmy Church or whatever. But if you prefer the forum take, help us help you. <laughs> Make it happen. So, um, not saying don't volunteer to help us or don't donate. I'm saying if you can get, let's say, you could bring in one more listener, bam, that would do miracles. And share it, share it on social media, share it uh, with your friends, your network, whatever. But let's say you're thinking now, yeah, but I don't know anybody who's interested in UFOs and disclosure, which is incidentally the topic of today, right? Well, think of someone who you could share our shows with and think of what they are interested in and then find one of our shows who has that topic. Because we we have uh, many different topics and our aim is to have much, much more diversity in what we cover. So there will be something for most people. So be a doll and give us a hand here. Because it's not about me. I mean, I'm one of those who actually can say that. I mean, you've hardly seen my face or my name or my personality. I try to keep it in the background. I try to keep focus on the subject matter and the guests. Sure, I opinionate, but uh, that comes with the territory. Otherwise, we could just put a Google bot to do this. So it's about us. It's about those of you who actually enjoy this format, this way of doing it. And uh, we all have to pull our share. Oh, yeah. And we have uh, and there's something new at YouTube now called the community page. Take a look at it. It's where you, you see your tabs at our channel. There's something called community. So there we post, for instance, polls. Do vote. It's so interesting to see where you guys are at. Uh, actually, I, right now, we launched a poll regarding this specific thing that we're discussing today. Interesting to see where you people come down on this. And apologize to those who think we abused uh, the poll. We spewed out a lot of polls in the beginning because it was fun. But we'll we'll calm down. We'll not uh, make it into spam in your mobile or wherever you get the notifications. Now, I'm going to go through this systematically here. First off, I want to say, after hearing through the show myself, Peter was wrong on one thing. I can arrest him on one thing. He said every political campaign is dirty, but that's not true. 
In recent times, I know at least of two campaigns who didn't know tricks, and that was the Ron Paul campaign back in the day and the Bernie campaign that was screwed by Hillary. So those two were driven purely by youth, by idealistic people, the revolution, the the traditional way of doing politics, namely boots on the ground, idealists, volunteers, not financed by big corporations or oligarchs. Another potential disagreement with Peter is uh, the extent of the SSP. Peter seems to think it's it was a low-level thing. I'm, I don't know, he may have bought into what was disclosed by Senator Reid recently. But let's cut him some slack, let him look into the 40 trillion missing money, and we'll see where he ends on that. I'm, uh, I'm sending him those links. So now to the matter at hand. After having having uh, discussed every angle with him that I, I mean, I, I'm not an expert, but from what I could conjure up of objections, um, I have to say it's pretty obvious to me that Peter and Tom are sincere in this. They obviously believe in this. Sure, you can be a cynic and, and say the psychopath's lying or anything, but that, that would just be your subjective interpretation based on nothing else than your own emotions. Whereas I have to relate to facts and uh, everything Peter has said so far checks out. You don't need a degree in psychology to realize that at least he believes in this. Doesn't mean it's legit. It doesn't mean you, you can't infer anything else from that than that they are sincere. So let's, let's get past that. And by the way, you can never see into the hearts and minds of anyone. So what really motivates people is anyway impossible. All you can go by is words and actions. And so far that, that checks out in their case. You may disagree, but then show me proof. Not talking about the entire project now, talking basically about the sincerity of Peter and Tom. Now, he took all questions, all criticism up front. He had no problem with that. Check. He had no pet theories. Like he says, there's no Kool-Aid. He wants debate. He wants research. He wants this to be a collective uh, uh, venture. That doesn't uh, compute with someone who has a classical cult or, or, or all the kind of sinister agenda. So check. You could still spin this and say that the insiders realized that, oh, uh, we are cannibalizing our science. We need this out in the open system because um, the more, if all this stuff was in the open, if academia, media, ordinary citizens, if everyone was in on this thing, if everybody knew what was going on, if the whole civilization, the whole culture was up here, then you would see an incredible acceleration of knowledge. The reason we are held back, we, we should actually be much more ahead than where we are today. The reason we are, we are not, the reason we are so stagnating on so many areas. Remember back in the 50s, they thought we were flying around in our own uh, private UFOs by now? The reason the world is going to hell in a handbasket is precisely because at every corner, at every door, there's gatekeepers, there's obstructionists, there's trolls, there's shills, there's censorship, there's quench, there's the cold grip of the corporate hand. 
It's artificial. It's not an open marketplace of ideas. It's not an open marketplace of, well, markets. It's not an open anything. Academia is so corrupted. Media is so corrupted. The citizens' ability to check, to, to regulate the or defend, rather, ourselves against the big brother is dismantled. We're the hamsters on the wheel now. We're ruled by a criminal class. There's one rule for us, basically tyranny, and there's no accountability on top. And, you know, I could go on. Let's not even go there. You know what I'm talking about. So, but in a natural system where everything is on the table, there's a synergetic effect. And, and, and maybe they realize by now that, wow, we need access to all the bright talents out there. Every day there's born geniuses. But they're not brought into that paradigm. We're locked in this artificial paradigm. It's like a medieval ages compared to where we could be. If you look back at the medieval ages, you see how far we've become, right? Well, say we're now in, the, in a futuristic medieval age. And then imagine where we can go. So fine, that may be an agenda for the disclosure. But so friggin' what? We still get it. So what exactly can we get here? Let's go through this rationally. Let's take objections after objections and see where it's most sensible to land on this. First, the creep and election cheater, Podesta, that's debunked. So if others were as poorly informed as I was, it's out of the window now. Podesta has nothing to do with this project. They approach him, like they've done with many insiders, trying to get something out of him which I don't blame them, which they actually did manage to, and which is logical since everybody and their mother knows Podesta has been into UFOs forever. So whatever, that blew over with the Wikileaks and it's not even an issue anymore. So if you hate Podesta, has nothing to do with this. Take that hate elsewhere, has nothing to do with this, okay? So remove that bullet from your pistol. Then, it's the very legitimate criticism that came before DeLong delivered anything, back when he was uh, doing the media rounds with claims and allegations. Oh, I can't talk about this or that. No names, no nothing. I mean, you could choose to believe him, or you could reject it, as indeed many did, or even indeed outright ridiculed him. But that's not on the table anymore. He has delivered. I'm not saying everything, but he started. He's proven what he said so far has checked out. People has come out with full names and open about their background. Not anonymous uh, bullshit, right? In academia, in government, in military, in intel, etc. And even more than I would ever imagine would happen. Because, honestly, I've never, ever, ever believed there would be disclosure from officials. I thought there would be disclosure, but it would be forced upon them from something. Like, go read AD of Richard Dolan. So, what is this that I would never imagine would happen? It got out to the mainstream press. Without being ridiculed, so far. I don't know, it, it can go everywhere from here. But it, it was at the level that here, where I live, deep sleepwalkers, professional skeptics, everyone registered it and had to relate to it and discuss it. It was forced upon them. That's a wave, man. All over the world. Put on the agenda. Not done yet. The battle isn't won yet. It's not clean yet. But it's step one. 
So uh, now the Joe Rogan objections, you know, that DeLong is a loony, a megalomaniac, etc. It's out the window too. You can't use that anymore. Okay, so let's move on. Let's see what else we can find to knock this down with. Yeah, then there's the commercial, commerciality. Now, I've been thinking about that, and even if DeLong doesn't need the money or, or, or whatever, you know, you could say, oh, it's just a ploy to to make money. I mean, greed, right? And all that. But if this was real, they would still have to finance it. What? You, you say, oh, it's only real if Tom DeLong spent his fortune on this and got poor in the process? Is that what uh, it takes? Fine, I'll actually respect that argument. If you, if you find some case you're burning for and then you spend all your fortune, even if you're poor, spend everything on it, then you can demand that others do it too. If you're not willing to do that with whatever pet ideals you have, why would you expect anyone else to? So I, I don't buy that. Even if Tom DeLong wasn't rich, Actually, that works to his advantage right here. But even if it wasn't, he'd still need to finance it somehow. You could say it's a wrong model. Why using, you know, going into the system, the big capitalism system? He could, let's say, do as the BEM, Breakthrough Energy Movement. He could crowdsource, make like a, a cooperative or a union thing, whatever. Well, sure. Sure, he could. But then your criticism is just he should be more socialist and less capitalist. And, and that's another debate. Then we're not e even any longer debating if this is real or uh, false flag, etc. Now you're nitpicking how you would prefer this would happen, right? I mean, that's uh, <laughs> it's his prerogative to do it the way he thinks is, is the best. And as long as the aim is not commercial, if the aim is what they say it is, which so far checks out, then they need a way, a system to finance it. And I'll say I'd be much more skeptical if the government financed it directly. In fact, it would be fucked at the outset. You know why? Because government can't finance anything without there being a ton of bureaucratic rules and regulations and premises. And it wouldn't go anywhere. Most of the money would be wasted. So this is one model and, and by the way, if they crowdfunded it, they would probably get even more criticism then. Because then people wouldn't get anything back. Now, those who have some extra money to spend and want to spend it on this instead of buying shares in whatever else bullshit is out there, let them do it. They're actually helping us. Because like Peter said, they're not selling anything. They're not selling information or anything. So, okay, money goes in there. They can keep financing their... Because they're building some kind of media outlet here. Because you can't rely on the mainstream corporations. So let them spew out movies, documentaries, uh, books, whatever. Let them hold conferences. Let them have think tanks, invite on academicians, have open debates. He said it was uh, going to be transparent. If it's not, fine, we have an argument. But so far, it is. So... We have to be able to have two th thoughts in the same time in the head here. Uh, if they were crowdfunding it, damn, it would be backlash. Uh, then they would say it's a highway robbery in broad daylight. Because then it's just giving them money and getting nothing back, right? Here we don't, we, we are not, we don't have to give them any money. And, and still we're getting stuff back. So I actually think 
for that project that uh, DeLong has, this uh, shareholder approach is actually more optimal, I think. Uh, whereas for Jeroen Straten and, and the Global BAM, that project, their crowdfunding is more correct because that's also more of a group that's like a, a group effort from the grassroots, whereas what Tom DeLong does is to get not the grassroots, but the insiders to come out, to meet us uh, in the middle. So I, I don't think that is a criticism. If you have, if you can enlighten me and tell me why we should reject this whole thing based upon the way they've chosen to finance it, you tell me, because right now I can't see it, Okay. So, bam, what are we left with? We're left with that it's an interlope or a false flag. So, okay, let's look at that because now that the practical objections are out of the way, we are down to intentions. Unfortunately, it's a fairly simple equation, actually. So, I'll walk you through it now. We have hypothesis one. And from what I'm going to say, that it's not, as far as I can see, there's not any other options than what I'm going to rule out for you now. Hypothesis one, DeLong and company is doing this with the blessings of the system. That's the first premise. That's the first hypothesis. Uh, there's two possibilities here, two subpoints. A, something sinister is up. Okay, they're doing it. They're in cahoots with the system, but something sinister is on the agenda. For example, a false flag. Well, I did discuss this with Peter. And uh, never mind the good arguments he gave and, and that I also thought of in the course of the discussion, because we don't need them, actually. Sinister false flag is a fair objection. However, at this point, it has nothing going for it. Because look at what we got. They've delivered so far. And if it is a false flag sinister, we have to wait and see for the developments. You can't just go by fearmongering. You have to, we have to wait and see if something happens. Let's say, oh, the next step is, oh, there was a shooting between a brave, heroic, patriotic American fighter plane and a sinister bird UFO. Okay, then and only then can you legitimately stick to this belief. Because at this point, we have to let facts and evidence take precedence. You can't build a scientific hypothesis based on speculation and fear and then reject whatever in reality goes against it. Well, you can, but then you're a religious nut and we're not having a debate. I'm not debating with you. Off you go. So at this point, if you want to be rational, at this point, it's a hypothesis in the drawer. Okay? I'm not saying uh, forget about it. It's totally possible still, but it's only valid as currency if and when something backs it. And believe you me, there's so many people believing this now. Like, like one of the polls, uh, the poll I mentioned that we have, <laughs> I think right now it's the leading uh, vote. So, But right now, it's actually not the most likely. So again, let's not forget about it, but we can go by it right now. Okay, so that's hypothesis one, sub point A. Sub point B, the second possibility is that, yes, it's the, with the blessing of the system, but it's not sinister. It's what they say it is. Meaning, yeah, they're, they're actually wanting to get this out. They're wanting to 
get the debate, they're wanting to get some breakthrough, lift up the culture. Now, of course, you can say there's bad motives behind that too. Not bad, but but like uh, egotistical motives. Like say they want to close the gap. They want to close the gap between uh, more or less breakaway insiders and the civilization at large. They... For instance, they want everybody in on this so they can get more intellectual capital. Let's say, who knows, maybe there's a conflict up there. (laughs) Maybe they need us now. But whatever. Or maybe they're just going to whitewash. Whitewash the secret space program and uh, missing dollars. Because one thing is for sure. And this actually, Tom DeLonge has something going for him. Because that's how he approached them. He said, listen... He started with massaging their ego, saying, listen, we know you're heroes and you get no cred, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. But also, we have a way out for you. This is your way out. And if you're in the system, in this system, damn, you better take that. It's probably the best offer they've ever got. Because they have, I mean, you see the schizophrenia in in society. They are sticking to silence. Meanwhile, the whole credibility of the system is collapsing. They got a big shock when Trump won. They see that the masses are leaving anything that has to do with officials anymore. We are at the brink of revolution. They know they can't even afford It's not necessarily from the goodness of their hearts, from their idealism, from their bad conscience. Maybe that it's a matter of necessity. And they didn't have an out. This is a possible one that can close that gap. And in the same process, they may even whitewash the secret space program and uh, missing billions. Let's say, oh, yeah, wow, yeah, anti-gravity is real. Oh, let's build some. Yeah, oh, look. Oh, look, there's UFOs out there. Oh, let's examine that. Oh, look, let's go to the moon. Oh, let's go to Mars. And everything that's already on the agenda or already has happened can then pretend to be happening naturally. And they can get everyone on board, all the skeptics, all the religious, everything. And it works as if it's a natural evolution, as it should have happened back in the 40s. So, um, sure, that meant, but it's still a hypothesis that they're both in on it. And there's nothing sinister on the agenda, like a false flag. That was A, right? So B is that it's going where they say it is, for whatever motives or reasons. And by the way, there may even be, uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure there's a, diverge uh, behind the scenes between uh, insiders. I, I'm pretty sure there's many who's against, uh, who want to keep this uh, under wraps. So even a bigger reason to uh, support those who actually choose to come out. And the problem is when they go out, who's left, right? <laughs> it's those who are in between, those who sympathize but don't dare do anything or raise their voice, and those who are against it. So those who are against it get more power as those who are for transparency and, you know, just jig us up, let's come clean. The more those who come out, the less power they get in the system. So there's many complexities here. Now, I said there were two possibilities This was hypothesis A, just two variations of hypothesis A. Hypothesis 2, the second one, is that DeLong and company is not doing it with the blessing of the system. There you have two subpoints too. A, it is what it is. Meaning that everything Peter said today, of course he meant it, of course he was honest, but it was even right. 
and what Thomas said is, is correct. That's the first possibility here, which actually by Occam's razor right now is the most likely, if you want to be really rational and scientific about it. But I don't believe in Occam's razor as a practical tool because often reality is much more complicated and fantastic than what we can reduce it to by a simple principle. So, but nevertheless, it has to be entertained and, and probably favored at this point. At this point. So let's wait and see. If these insiders or this project of theirs, if that meets opposition from officials, from media, from plants, trolls, shills, etc., you know they are for real. And by the way, then we probably missed the train. So uh, if this doesn't go the way they want, if it just withers away or they get ridiculed or something happens to them, a scandal, prison, illness, whatever, bankruptcy, or God forbid they get suicided or accidented, which I think isn't very likely, but you never know. Or if the control files acted upon them, bam, you know it was for real. But again, we're not at a position yet where we have enough facts to say one thing or another. So the it is what it is has to be entertained as probably the main hypothesis right now. Then you have the uh, subcategory of, of the second hypothesis that they're not doing it with the blessing of the system, but that the system will okay it in retrospective or just sit back and wait and see where it goes and decide if they're going to bless it, smack it down or just keep ignoring it. But you know, either way, it's a positive for us, I mean. Well, the only negative, actually, would be that they are for real, but they are quenched at some point. That's that's the bad thing. But even that is positive in a way, because in the process, they put it on the agenda. Some of this can't be... I mean, the cat is out of the bag, kind of. At least a paw is out of the bag, and you can't put it back. It has claws. So what I mean is that... You can't delete this from history. Even if they don't get the breakthrough of disclosure now, even if they don't manage to get out the exotic technology now, it's a, such a huge step forward that it would be much easier down the line for the next wave trying to force itself out. I mean, come on. If they are delivering free energy, anti-gravity, making it a clean public topic, <laughs> Don't be a reactionary jerk and dismiss it out of hand at this point because you, it's not justified at this point. You don't have anything to go by at this point. What, are we battered wives who reject the help when it comes just because we believe we will only get into deeper trouble? Now, don't blame anyone. We are battered wives, the public is, from the corrupt, despicable system. But let's not go insane either. Someone stretches out a hand, sure, let, let's be careful, but let's not reject it out of hand. <laughs> Look, even back in 2001, granted it was before 9-11 and everything, there was enough reason back then to be just as cynical as today. Only difference was the masses weren't. The masses were much more on board in the American dream. Like George Carlin said, it's called American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. And they were, they were asleep. But even then, if you're aware, there wasn't any less reason to be cynical back then. And, and what about Stephen Greer's disclosure project? It was before 9-11, but it came out. 
and it was accepted. I don't remember this kind of heat that they got. In fact, many of those speakers became like uh, heroes and, and, you know, went on off on their own almost made a career out of this disclosure thing. And what about Greer? You want DeLong to use Greer's model uh, when it comes to commercialism? Because Greer has been criticized precisely for doing what Peter just told us they're not doing, namely selling information. Like Greer sells these uh, binoculars, uh, night vision Googles for extremely high price, takes people out on tours, teaches them meditation to connect with UFOs, etc. Let's not go into how effective it is, how true it is, how honest it was ever, all that stuff you can debate. But it, it's, a, it's a financial model. And, and fair enough. I think Rhea does a better job when he's making these movies or letting people make movies about it. But no, never mind that. Is that what DeLong should do? Because I don't see Rhea getting this kind of suspicion. So I don't get it. I don't get it at this point. If the disclosure project anno 2001 was accepted, I don't see why. what makes this worse. Look, they're, they're preaching transparency. If they're not transparent, come back to me, then we have a case we can use against them. But if there were plants and shields, they wouldn't be upfront with their backgrounds. They wouldn't say, hey, I worked in the Pentagon. Hey, I worked in the CIA. Because that's the first thing we, we don't believe. It takes a, it takes a lot but uh, at the other hand, they are human beings, even in CIA. So I'm saying if this doesn't go anywhere, we kind of know it was for real. Well, it depends actually on why it doesn't go anywhere. But if it doesn't go anywhere because of obstacles and challenges from the invisible hand, we know it's for real. But I don't want that to happen. I don't want it to. I don't want to be right and lose a possibility. It's not that much worth being right i rather they succeed and I was wrong. Don't you agree? Hmm? So if you're skeptical, uh, it's better that they succeed if it's real and you were wrong. But the price is you get free energy and anti-gravity. And you're not the kook when you discuss this. And you can discuss it with your grandmother while you're surfing in a personal anti-gravity vehicle. So what I'm saying here is uh, that's the worst case scenario. Now, it may actually not go anywhere too because of public at large doesn't give it any interest or doesn't believe it. But on the other hand, I mean, they can do their thing. They're not totally dependent on, on the masses being behind them. I, I tried to find arguments against this. and uh, One of the more lucid uh, came from my friend, dark journalist, and I respect him. And others, others like him, we need them. They are watchdogs and they're supposed to be skeptical. They're supposed to find the dirt. I, I don't know where DJ is at this point right now. I, I'm inclined to believe he's still skeptic. But right now we're at a place where we have more to gain, to give it a chance, and more to lose if not. We can't dismiss it out of hand. That's insane. Especially all of you people who has been screaming about disclosure. I was never one of you. Because like I said, I never believed in it. That's what's flabbergasted me the most, actually. So um, now it's here and I have to relate to it. And I've been trying to find something to smack it down with. But uh, I can't see it. And before you accuse me of being a gullible idiot, give me arguments. Give me something. And I'll be the most vocal skeptic, okay? You can stand on my shoulders while you criticize it. 
Look, I despise the Intel world, the so-called Intel community. It should be smashed into a thousand pieces. It shouldn't exist in any country. I'm probably more radical than you when it comes to dissidence and system criticism. But I'm rational and I don't see the world as black and white. And I do want a better world. If not for me, then for those who come after. Because I know the universe is huge and fantastic things are possible. And I want this dark little globe of yours to be lifted into that light, to put it poetically. Right? No. Do we want to be uh, live in Barbary? So if you have nothing but cynicism and pessimism to offer, sorry, I don't operate on that. I don't buy into it. You're entitled to that view. You can go and jerk off with that, but I need facts. And as it now stands, the facts support Peter's elaboration from today. But like I said, it's also totally open, and right now it can go anywhere. It really can. And I don't care about being right or wrong. In fact, I, I'm honest about not being sure about anything regarding this crazy thing. But I'm hoping it's for real. One of the options, one of the scenarios I outlined. And I hope it will succeed in that regard. And I see it like this, the more the merrier. Let the long to the stars do their thing. Let Jeron and the breakaway movement do their thing. Uh, hell, even let Greer, Kesha and whoever else, if they're for real or whatever, not. Let them do their thing. The more the merrier. Because the pressure builds up and it builds up and it builds up and it can't be held back anymore. It's like a tidal wave. And this is just what we needed, actually. We needed some raindrops from above to contribute to that flood, too. Because it's just a matter of time before the wall breaks down. But we can be useful idiots and we can be manipulated to fight each other, divide and conquer. We can be the one taking down this instead of leaving the dirty job to the system. Imagine if the public flames this fragile attempt to such an extent that the Pentagon and Intel pushback against it becomes a cakewalk. Imagine other potential whistleblowers observing this and decides, hell no, I'm not putting my foot into that mess. It's heavy enough losing your cushy job and fat check, let alone you're going to be smeared, ridiculed, distrusted and scorned from the very public you're trying to reach out to. Quite an effective way to destroy any potential future disclosure, lest it comes from the very top, fully sanctioned and more than likely a spin job with no real use to us. Or, as is more likely, continued silence and denial, eventually rolling the narrative back so that the exceptional opportunity we now have to lift this into serious and respected mainstream discourse and analysis vanishes. So it just sinks back to tinfoil hat territory. So I don't want to be a part of that. I want to give it a chance. You give me an argument, I'll treat it fairly. I want this to be true, but I don't need it to be false. So let's wait and see. I say give them a chance. I say everything has checked out so far and do prove me wrong. Time will show. It's exciting times. In fact, this is not the right time to die. So stay alive. 
and you will definitely see what happens. One way or the other. Even if nothing happens. <laughs> That's something too. So let's visualize a future where, for instance, energy is abundant, which will lift everyone out of poverty and eradicate hunger. Many people don't know how important this energy aspect is. They think it's just about, you know, fueling your iPod or something. No, it's about actually a revolution in the world. It's about a completely different kind of world. And, geez, movement. If you had your own anti-gravity vehicle, if I had my own, if I lived in Svalbard, Spitsbergen, let's say, I wake up in the morning, I go to Paris in five minutes, take a coffee and a baguette, then I go to Egypt to meditate in the pyramid. Then I go to New York at a party. And even before the sun has gone down, I take the hottest chick with me back home to my castle in Svalbard. All that in a day. And Peter's sunny paradise won't become so exclusive anymore. <laughs> That's what the future holds if these things are allowed to unfold without sabotage from below or above. And final, final thought, even if, you know, this kind of thing, this kind of pipe dream would come through, we, we still have to battle the bastards. We're not rid of, I mean, even in a high-tech future, they let us in on whatever's going on in, in the universe. We still have to deal with intel, military, industrial complex, politicians, oligarchs, etc. So nothing has changed on that front. It's just that we have to do it in a sci-fi world instead of a medieval world. Now, I'd love to hear from you where you are on this. So do comment under the video or in our community page at YouTube that I mentioned or at our Facebook page, etc. Join the debate. Or if you're an, a forum insider, if you've donated, if you're a patron, we also have a forum to discuss things for the subscribers at our website, forumborealis.net. And see you there. That's, That's it, it for me for now. And I am your host, Al. Thanks, Thanks to, to our patrons and the Borealis team. team. You have my sincere regards. Be seeing you. number one.